Good morning. What a privilege it is to be in God's house today among God's family. Today's teaching is the first installment of a series from the book of 1 Peter on the topic of family matters. Some of these family matters deal with our own households and our flesh and blood relationships. But more broadly, these family matters pertain to the household of God. That is, God's family adopted in Jesus Christ our Lord. I will give the first two installments of the series starting today and next Sunday. And when Pastor Andy returns, he'll pick up where he left off with his excellent series on preparing for Christ's return. But I have a clear direction from the Lord to continue preaching from 1 Peter whenever I'm called to preach. So, Lord willing, there will be a Family Matters Part 3, 4, and so on as the Holy Spirit directs. Today's teaching is on the greeting of 1 Peter and covers only the first two verses. Now, often we have a tendency to gloss over the greeting in a hurry to get to, quote-unquote, the good stuff. Failing to recognize this, that the greeting is the good stuff, because the greeting is usually where the prayer and blessing is pronounced on God's family. It also helps to remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture, and He gave every word and every phrase for a reason. Today, we are called on to slow down and to focus on the message in these two verses. The words are few, but they are precious. And for everyone who receives them, they have the power to encourage, to transform, and even to save your life. Now, as our custom at Blessed Life Fellowship, I ask you, let's all stand, please, to honor God in the reading of his word. A family greeting, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an elect and apostle of Jesus Christ, to the elect who are exiles of the dispersion throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. And all God's people say, Amen, and you may be seated. So what is in a greeting? Well, a greeting tells who everybody is. And the first thing that we're informed is that the author of this letter is the Apostle Peter. Now, 2,000 years have passed, I can assure you that the Apostle Peter is still alive, and I can assure you that he's still the author, the human author, of these words that you hear in the greeting this morning. The ultimate author is the Holy Spirit who spoke through Peter, and the Holy Spirit is still speaking to the church today. The greeting also informs us Who are the recipients? Well, the recipients are the elect, the exile of the exile and the dispersion throughout Pontus and Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. That is, 2,000 years ago, that was God's family in what is today the modern-day country of the Republic of Turkey. 
The original recipients, I assure you, those that believe in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago that received this letter, I assure you they're still alive today. But they're not in this room today. God's family 2,000 years later, that's who's in the room today. And the recipients of this greeting today is us, God's family at Blessed Life Fellowship. Now this part gets me excited. These are the means. This is the power by which people join God's family. It's really because of one thing, God's grace. God chose us into the family according to the foreknowledge of God. And notice the family language here, God the Father, right? And next, we're in the family through sanctification of God the Holy Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. Sanctifying means purifying, making us holy, getting us ready for something, for adoption. And then the authority and the means of getting in God's family is through the sprinkling of the blood of God the Son. So we see the activity of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son in this greeting. There is no more authority than that. And those are the means by which we become Christians and we abide in God's family. And now... Um, we look at the special word on here, uh, which, is, which is blood. And I want to talk about that today, not that I'm an expert. My wife worked for Indiana Blood Center for a while. But it says that it's through the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, like I said, I don't know that much about blood types. But I do know this. We're God's children and we're His family. And we're human. And humans run on blood. Right? I got all that right so far? But we're a special breed of human. Because we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I know this about human blood. It comes in different types. I know there's an A and a B and an O and an AB. Some's rare and some's not so rare. And the last part I know about it, and this will be the bottom of the bucket for everything I know about human blood. If you get the wrong kind in a donation, it can kill you. You got to get the right kind. But all God's family are of the same kind. We're of the spiritual blood type, blood type J for Jesus. We share the same spiritual DNA, and his blood type is universal. It's never life-threatening, but always life-saving. Praise God. The whole world today is in the need of a blood donation from Jesus Christ. And the great news is there is an ample supply of it. One drop of it will change your life and save you and put you off on a destination for all eternity. It'll take you off a course to destruction and put you on the course of salvation one drop of Jesus' blood. 
Yes, friends, there is no formula today. There's no vitamin. There's no insurance policy, no vaccination, no surgery, or no special diet that will transform your life like the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood donation. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name today. Are you sprinkled in his blood this morning? And if you're not, don't worry because you can be. Today, you can be before you leave here today. You'll be washed in his blood. All you have to do is want it. Amen? Amen. So far, we know the greeting tells who the author is and who the recipients are, and we know the means, the glorious means. But then there's also the message. Now, this isn't the message of all of the book of 1 Peter. This is only the message of the greeting. Two verses, bottom line, what's the point? If you're in God's family, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now, these are simple words, very few. In English, they're seven words. In Greek, it's five words. If it's New King James, it's seven words. If it's the Berean Study Bible, it's seven words. If it's the NIV from 1984, it's still seven words. If you're using an NLT, it's like 10 or 11 words. But in Greek, it's only five words. And those five words say and mean grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now, who wouldn't want in a world today that's cold and unforgiving I'll take all the grace and peace I can get. Amen. Who wouldn't want a deal like that? But if you're in God's family, it's already there. It's already yours. All you need to do is trust and obey and say, thank you. I accept. And let it happen because the grace and peace will come over you and wash over you and never leave you. It's already been supplied for all eternity. In the blood of Jesus Christ, it's yours if you're in God's family. Are you in God's family today? Don't worry if you're not. You can be. Before we end today, you can be in this family for all eternity. You'll have a father that will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Praise God today. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Now, don't freak out with what you see on the screen. I just wanted to do this because I, I know I can sense in pastor's heart that he was giving this, you know, about spiritual maturity and moving on and, and going a little deeper. And so all this is about, and you'll just have to bear with me um, on this part. That's the Greek. So God, the Holy Spirit, and Peter, neither one of them knew English. Not, that's not how it was written. This was written in the Greek language. And what it says is that alphabet soup over here on the right of Greek alphabet. And I'm going to do my best. Petros Apostolos, Jesu Christu, Eclectos, Peripedimos, Diaspora. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the elect who are exiles of the dispersion. 
Those are the words that describe God's family members, God's children. Those are the words in that order that the Holy Spirit used. The first word he used is eklektos. That's where the words elect come from. And what it means is elect is selected, handpicked, chosen, you, handpicked by God, selected. That's an awesome thing, isn't it? You're chosen. The next word, peripedimos. That means you're in exile here. This world is not your home. If you're in God's family, it's not. But if you're not in God's family, wow. I've been informed this place is going to burn up. But if you're in God's family, no, no problem. This is not your home. You're a sojourner. I think I said it right. You're in exile. You're a temporary resident here. You're an alien. You're a foreigner. Not your home. And the third word, diaspora. That means scattered abroad, dispersed. And the reason it's capital is it, it was a formal title for God's Old Testament church. They were the dispersion. They were spread out for disobedience to God. They were spread out all over the earth. But God's family, they applied the term the dispersion to Christians who are spread out all over the earth, not because of disobedience, but because of their obedience. Praise God, we're everywhere. So those are the three words today. Eklektos, peripedimos, and diaspora. But it all starts with eklektos, which means chosen. And the process of being chosen is the process of adoption. God's children are chosen. God the Father chose you before the world began. God the Son agreed to pay all the charges for your adoption before the world began. And God the Holy Spirit agreed to be your adoption agency before the world began. Now there's something to here. God, all three essence of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're a family. All three of them are involved in your adoption because all three were involved in your creation. All right? You'll notice that um, here we have God the Father arranging for your adoption before you were born. You know, that's how it happens sometimes with human adoption, right? God the Father arranged for your adoption before you were born. But he didn't have to. You know, God exists on his own. That is to say, God has always been. He currently is, and he always will be. He is complete in and of himself. He needs nothing. But he's full of love and grace because he's holy and he's perfect. So at some point, God 
even though he exists and is complete, at some point he created heavenly beings and they're called angels. And they too are part of God's family. Then, out of his infinite love, God sought to enlarge his family with a new kind of being. The human kind. Our kind. But the human kind is also God's kind. Because the Bible says that God said in creating man, and notice it's plural, not singular, let us make man, us, make man in our image. After our likeness, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. God's family grew by two that day. Two of the humankind, our kind, which is his kind. And everything that God made was good, very good, until the family meltdown. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. They had a meltdown. Was God taken off guard by that? Not a bit. No way was God taken off guard. Peter tells us in his greeting that God called us according to his foreknowledge, which means he knew in advance that there was going to be a family meltdown. And because of his infinite love, he went ahead in his abundant grace, put a plan in place to buy us back, even though our ancestors sold us out. He put a plan in place and to buy us back through the blood of his one-of-a-kind son, Jesus Christ, also of the humankind, but also of the God kind. Praise the Lord today. Blessed be the God our Father, Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Verse 4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. In love, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious name or grace, which he has freely given to us. Praise his glorious name today. Yes, praise him. Well, there's more. So God the Son agreed to pay the price for your adoption before the world began. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life you inherited from your forefathers. I had one of those. I got rid of it. Because God, the Son of God, sprinkled me with His blood. But the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb, without blemish or spot, He was known before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in the last time for you and me. Praise Him. Oh, 
how God loves us. That's his one and only son we're talking about. The only begotten one. How he loves us. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only unique, one of a kind, only begotten son. That everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You have a bulletin today. I think I have a bulletin today. Stuck here. If you have this on the bulletin cover. Oh, how God loves us today. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is exactly what we are. Hebrews chapter, um, Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that the one, which is Jesus, the one who sanctifies and those that are sanctified, that's us, the believers, are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. He says to God the Father... I will proclaim your name to my brothers. Oh, how Jesus loves us. The only begotten son paid the price for the adopted children with his own flesh and blood. He's our savior and he's our king. And still he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Jesus, your name be praised for all eternity. Thank you, my Lord Jesus. Oh, but there's more. There's more. God, the Holy Spirit, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father, Papa. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We get to share the same inheritance that the begotten son has and he gave it to us, the adopted ones. Oh, praise his name. How he loves us today. How God the Holy Spirit loves you today. If indeed we suffer with him, because we've got to be committed to our family, right? We've got to be committed to our family no matter what. You don't mess with blood, right? You don't mess with blood. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. Amen. Jesus went away, he said. When he went away, he said, I will not leave you as orphans not going to leave you as orphans. He said that he would ask the Father and then the Father would give us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will abide with us and in us and teach us all things. Jesus died for your sins and loved you so much that he rose up back from the dead so that he could appoint the Holy Spirit as your supernatural trustee over the inheritance that he died so that you could receive. How he loves you today. 
It is this Holy Spirit working from the inside who sanctifies you and purifies you for obedience to the Son of God and teaches us all things. All praise and glory go to Him in His holy name today. Adoption. Inez Morgan. Inez Morgan had this to say about adoption. She said, Adoption makes you special because I got to choose you. Well, who's Inez Morgan? That's my mother-in-law. What's that mean? Samantha was adopted. But Samantha had every bit of loving mother as anybody had. Because my dear mother-in-law has gone on to be with the Lord some time ago. But this is what she had to say to her daughter about adoption. And those words still live and they still have their power over this beautiful woman right here today who's being transformed day by day into the image of her creator. Jesus said this about adopted family. He said, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew 12, 50. We're adopted, we're chosen, but we're also scattered, we're dispersed. So that was the second word that Peter used uh, to describe us. Scattered about. Remember, God's children are scattered because of obedience, not disobedience. And even though this was used in the Old Testament time, it really characterizes God's people today in the New Testament and the community of Christ. And it means simply this. We have family wherever we go. We don't have to be alone anywhere. I was in Brazil a couple of years ago, three years ago, and that lady come up to me and just kind of quietly, we were walking through back on, on the way to an office after lunch, and she said, she said, uh, I want to know something. She goes, uh, what makes you, and she didn't use the word weird. I know you're wanting to fill in the blank. <laughs> Peculiar. Yes. She says, what makes you a little different? She, why are you the way you are? And I said, it's because I'm, I have my father, right? I'm a Christian. I live by it. I'm happy. I don't have anything to be worried about. And she goes, I thought so. <laughs> I'd never met her before. Sao Paulo, Brazil, 2018. We have family wherever we go. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason that we're scattered about is so that we can have an impact on something. Now, you look at this picture... And you'll see there's some grain and some weeds, right? I would ask you if you have a, your Bible or device, let's just go ahead and get one of these rolling here today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. The parable of the weeds. God's people are scattered, dispersed, 
diaspora. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaking in a parable, and it's called the parable of the weeds. And it says, Jesus said to them this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and slipped away. When the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? And where then did the weeds come from? And his enemy, an enemy did this, he replied. So the servant asked him, do you want me to pull up the weeds? No, he said, if you pull the weeds now, you might uproot the wheat. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvester, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat into my barn. The wheat field is planted earth. The weeds and the wheat are people. And the difference between the two is the decision they made. But we're scattered among them. We have family wherever we go. So much so. This map, you guys, if you feel a little bit of my geekiness coming on your right, I'm not able to stop it. All right? <laughs> Just love me through it, and it'll go by. It'll go by quicker. Don't worry, too. Samantha always has me time my sermons now, so we make sure we're out in time for dinner or whatever it takes. All right, thank you, sweetheart. This map shows where the original recipients were, and you know that place is still on the planet. It's the middle of Turkey. Well, it's actually most of the modern-day country of Turkey. And like we said, they're no longer there. But you know what? New Christians are there. Yep, sure enough, they're there. They're all over. Here's some facts and figures for you. Turkey today, modern day Turkey, 0.2 of 1%. Less than 1%. 0.2 of, of, of 1%. One out of 500. If you're in the field... With weeds and wheat, you're going to find one stalk of wheat out of every 500 weeds in Turkey. But they're there. You know, they're all over. Vietnam, 8% of the country and growing. That's what oppression does for the church. 8% and growing. One out of every 12. So in this block of, of seats right here, one of you would be a wheat and the other one would be weeds, and I'm not going to say which one, but I have a pretty good idea. All right. All right. So Egypt, 5.3%, one out of 19. Earth, that's what, we're all there. One out of every three on this planet. So if you're in Brazil, have a lot of confidence. If there's Three of you standing there and you're the one Christian and three more come up, there's going to be another Christian in there. You got family everywhere you go. China, 3.1%, which, by the way, is 44 million people. 44 million people to make 3.1% of that gargantuan country. That is one out of 32. 
and growing like crazy. You go into a church and you take down the cross and burn it, and the people take that as a reason to rise up, and man, what a faith builder it is. Yes, anywhere the persecution happens, it's going skyrocketing in China. People are flocking to the Lord. Antarctica. Yes, one of the most Christian continent. Well, it, could, it is the most Christian continent on, on earth. There are 4,500 people there. 3,250 of them are Christians. When things get tough, let's just get on down to Antarctica, buy you a coat. There must be something about that cold weather that makes people want the Lord. I really don't, I, I don't know what else to say. All right. All right. Well, I think what we have to do is stop here or someone's going to call the geek police and have me arrested. Uh, because most of what you probably don't know about me is I was a mathematician for eight years in a military setting. So I'm about as happy as a box of birds right now <laughs> talking about these numbers. So as difficult as it is a way, I'm going to quick, do a quick click, get it over with. All right, so we got you out of that. We'll move on. All right. God has always wanted a large family. And this quote by a sage named Galloway here, he's using the word adopted. And he said, when that happens, boom, we're all brothers and sisters. So I want to talk about this one more little fact and figure. Indulge me just a little bit. The USA is 65% of the people claim they're Christian. It doesn't mean, I mean, that's they're Christian in name. The 65 say that, 65%. In just two, two and a half decades, it used to be 85%. Today it's 65%. The whole of the planet, 2.5 billion people, say they're Christians. They're Christians in name. Christians in name. 2.5 billion, 2021. Now take heart. If only half, or even less than half, but let's just say if only half are really true believers, not Christian in name only, but loving the Lord and living the Lord, that's still more than a billion people. Right now on planet Earth, an estimated one billion brothers and sisters on this planet. God always wanted a big family, and He's getting what He wants. He's getting what He wants because He's God. Now, if there's one billion in 2021, let's go back to 1921... And if there were 500 million then, but in, in 1950, how many were there? In 1800, how many were there? In 1200, how many? For 2,000 years the gospel's been preached, there are billions of brothers and sisters adopted in God's family and alive for all eternity. They're too numerous to be counted. Too numerous to be counted. Genesis 1.28, it's by design. Genesis 1.28, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. 
Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 2,000 years of that, God's got a big family that's by His own design. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. There's so many, they can't be counted. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10 says, I looked and saw a multitude too large to count from every nation and tribe and people and tongue standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hand, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God's whole family, too large to be counted, singing His praises for all eternity. When we're there in His presence and, and we see with our eyes of understanding for the first time, open to know what He saved us from and to the enormity of His love and His grace, then we'll know what, it's, what it means to have something to shout about. But we won't be alone. We'll be with all of the believers of all time and we'll be shouting together and we'll never ever want to stop praising him to praise of his glorious grace that saved us for all eternity when we see what he saved us from and what he saved us to praise his name today how wonderful to be in God's family but you know it's not over yet it's not over yet there are millions of people on earth today and there are millions being born tomorrow that God has chosen. They either haven't had a chance to answer the call because they're young, an infant, or they haven't heard the word or they heard the word and they rejected it, but they don't have to reject it once and all because you can reject it once and you might get a second chance. And you can reject it a third and a fourth but you never know when's your last day. And I learned the hard way. It's so much better just to say yes. Oh, so much healing and so much joy. So much. I went through so much I didn't have to. But God kept me. And I thank Him because His grace is boundless. And I'm so thankful that I didn't have my date of expiration before I got with it. And I think that applies to every, everyone here. You know, it's not over yet. The Bible tells us that God gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish. Well, you know, there are millions of whosoevers. This is the reason that God's children are scattered all over. That's why we cast our seed abroad in the form of tithes and gifts and offerings and volunteer work and mission work. The writer of the book of Hebrews said to the Old Testament saints, he said, he said in Hebrews, he said, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. That's that third and last word. Sojourners foreigners, aliens, this world 
is not our home. But while we're passing through, while we're passing through on our way to the family estate, we have a solemn responsibility to bring others with us. One more time, I'm going to ask you with your device or your Bible, let's go with me to John chapter 17. It says in my note to use my yellow ribbon. Done. Check that. Let me check that off. Yellow ribbon. Got it. All right. I get a little scattered sometimes. All right. John chapter 17, starting with verse 14. I've been showing these guys all my presents. I'm going to come over closer to you guys. Is that okay? All right. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. That's Jesus talking. And I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Hey, praise God. I gave me a job to do, and he gave me all the protection gear I need to do it. Isn't that something? They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Who's doing that? God, the Holy Spirit. Sanctifying us, right? By your truth. Your word is truth. Fact-checked. True. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Fact-checkers. That ought to be us. I fact-check all my own stuff. But I fact-check it here. In the Word of God. Amen. As you sent me into the world, this is Jesus talking to his Father. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. We have a job to do, folks. Time's running out. Time is running out. We don't have the luxury of candy coating it and mamby pamby in it. We got to just set it. We got to say it. We got to find the people that haven't heard it. I pray if you're here today and you're hearing it, that you're listening today. And for anyone on this recording, that you have an appointment, the gospel is being preached to you today. If you hear my voice, you're being chosen. If you hear my voice today on the recording or here in this room, you're being called by God because God chose you. He gave you everything He has. You can't say that you were never told. You can't say that it didn't happen for you. But you know, it's a two-way street when you're chosen. You got to choose back. You can't just coast on through and just say, you know, it's okay, I didn't hear it. Well, I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. Jesus, you know, the church calls us the bride of Christ. Have you ever had that feeling of rejection when it started on the playground and you didn't get picked for the game? Or you got picked last and you were embarrassed? Happened to me. Maybe you didn't get asked out on the prom. Sat at home alone or went to prom alone. Kind of happened. I don't remember. I think I blocked it out. All right. Well, it was a long time ago. All right. And you know, it gets even worse. It gets even worse. Sometimes you make a marriage proposal in public. 
And the answer is no. So even though someone did the choosing, they have to be chosen back. It's a two-way street, right? But you know, we're the bride of Christ. Jesus gave you a marriage proposal, but he didn't get down on one knee. He got up on a cross to propose to you. He wants you to be his bride for all eternity. And all you have to do is say, yes, I accept. And if you haven't done that today, today is your day. Today is the day of your salvation. You know, someone will say, I haven't heard the gospel in its fullness. I don't know what it means. Well, get your ears ready. Here it is. Romans chapter 3. All have sinned and gone astray. There is no one that's righteous in themselves. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us. We're all in the same condition, same boat. Romans chapter 6. God's righteousness and divine justice mean this, that sin, even one sin, deserves death. Romans chapter 5. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The perfect died for the imperfect, and the sinless died for the sinner. Romans chapter 6. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord for all who repent and believe. Romans chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You just got to call Him back. God's already chosen you from the foundation of the world. But you have to choose Him back. And you are in God's family this morning. That's wonderful. If you're not, you can be. And I urge you today, we don't know how much time we have. But today, you can put it all to rest. All behind you and know that you're going that way. Heaven way. For all eternity. Now, some may have noticed, and you're in God's family today, and you say, well, that was the Apostle Peter who wrote those words, and that's the very same man who, who denied Jesus. Three times on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter denied him three times. Well, you know, maybe you're like Peter this morning. Maybe you're a family member. Maybe you've strayed away. Maybe you lost your courage. Maybe your lamp got dim. Well, today is the day because God's power and supply is infinite for you. He restored Peter. He'll restore you. I've done it. I've denied him and he restored me. And he will restore you. He's your God. He's your Father. He's the Redeemer of your soul. He's the way maker. He's the light in the darkness the Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty Savior. Oh, how God loves you this morning. God loves you this morning. Praise His holy name. Well, I'm going to ask the elders, if you will, come forward, please. 
And if you are in God's family and you need prayer for anything, this is the moment that you've been moving toward. This could be the moment that brings you back and gives you that new energy. He will restore you to your purpose because He made you for a purpose. Every one of you have a purpose.